Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. And you got it, people. Welcome to Fight Club. It's Tuesday. Good morning, everybody. Morning. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to Fight Club for Business, everyone. The show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, system, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts, and we get to be joined this week by Ryan Lee. So excited to have you on the show, Ryan. Can you just give everyone a brief rundown of yourself and your business? Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, so yeah, Ryan Lee, I actually uh, started a landscape lighting business in 2007. I sold it in 2019 and uh, then I had my little midlife crisis of like, well, now what am I going to do? You know, I thought I had it all figured out and uh, I had a lot of people asking me questions like, well, how'd you do that? And you did that much and you just did landscape lighting. Like they're asking me all these questions. So I decided to uh, do something I've never done and start a coaching business. So I founded uh, landscape lighting secrets and I help people start and grow landscape lighting business or divisions. Awesome. I'm so excited. We're gonna have some fun especially because you kind of cross multiple platforms with the coaching side of things. So we're going to definitely be picking your brain quite a bit today. So thank you for introducing yourself, Ryan, and welcome to the show. My name is Taylor Maroney, and I co-own a pressure washing company in South Florida with my husband. And my background really is in the marketing side of this panel. And I've worked in marketing for about six years and just found that I really have a passion for helping the business owners understand the numbers behind it. So how to make decisions based upon, you know, how your ad spends are, or ad campaigns are working and SEO campaigns and things of that sort and adjustments that may be needed. So that's where I kind of land. And we might talk about some sales today because I don't get to do that too often. So excited mm -hmm. to have you on and welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Yes. Good morning. My name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I'm also still working as a CPA uh, for my accounting company, Likes Accounting Company. And I'm very happy to be here the day post-tax day. Everything is better. Yay! I slept. There's like birds chirping. I don't know. Much better mood than yesterday. Uh, I also co-own Jeff Likes Kimonos and Gutters with my husband, Jeff, in Northern California. And I'm really happy to be here with Ryan Lee. Uh, welcome back. Happy Tuesday, everybody. And good morning, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining us. I can't believe you're here. I'm so excited. Because <laughs> um, I got tons of questions about systems for you because we had something pre-show that you let in on us. You let us in on it. It's oh, like, great. can't wait to talk to you about it. Um, my name is Michelle Myers. I'm the co-owner of Pink Collars, and we put remote admin rock stars in your company. So if you need office management or CSRs or anybody to kind of help uh, hold the tide against the calls and emails and texts and chats, we can absolutely help you in that regard. So I am thrilled to see you in person again, Ryan. Um, and good morning, Paul. Hi, Paul. Glad to join us and have a great one. <laughs> and lastly, I'm Martha Woodward. I um, used to own a maid service and now I'm fully focused on a software I co-founded called Quality Driven Software. And I met Ryan not too long ago in Nashville and 
we were all talking before the show how we were all fighting to get him as a guest. So Megan won. But uh, anyway, we're glad to have you, Ryan, and uh, welcome to Fight Club. I'll pass, pass it back to Tay, where remember, she's going to grill you on marketing questions. I, I'm already super intimidated. I was yes. I was yeah. really thinking of not showing up. I'm like, do I really yeah. get asked about by Michelle? Do I really yeah, we're going to crush you. Like, I'm not ready for this. It'll be fine. I promise our bark is a lot louder than our bite. So we're going to be very easy on you. You got it. <laughs> well, as far as my section goes, um, I talk a lot about marketing, but I kind of want to open the plat open the kind of the floor for you today, Ryan. So I'm going to give you kind of pull Megan. I'm going to give you a couple options. Um, so as far as I heard you say in the beginning in your intro that people came to you and asking like how you did it. You know, how did you do all these sales? How did you get these numbers and these quotes coming in at the numbers that you did? So that really does tie into both options. So there is an element of marketing to that and really getting those leads to come into you. But there's also a very, you know, specific element that makes the marketing work in my opinion, which is the close and the sale itself. So would you rather talk about how you brought the leads in and got the leads to you? Or would you like to talk about kind of the process and really closing new leads and making sure they're generating proper sales for your business? I'm, I mean, I don't know how much time we have, but I'm okay talk, like kind of touching on both because they definitely definitely interrelate. Awesome. Um, so maybe let's just start with the marketing, like getting that qualified lead. Perfect. Let's start there because I think that's something that a lot of people go to marketing companies and ask, right? Are you going to get me a qualified lead? Are you going to get me the exact person I'm looking for? And it's really hard for a marketing company to say yes fully sometimes when they're just starting out with a brand new campaign. So what are some of your kind of tactics for getting quality leads coming in? And actually, what one thing that people don't understand, and this is this is like if they can understand this, they're going to like transform their business. The key to sales is finding getting in front of people who already want what you offer. Like it's not that it's not that complicated. But yeah. people make it complicated because they try to market to everybody and then they're like, man, I'm really busy. Like I went on five bids today. It's like, well, there's a difference between being busy and productive. And mm -hmm. so I don't want to do five bids today. I just want to do one and I want to close that one. Right. And so I'm not wasting my time on those four four bids getting no's. Uh, though that time I'm putting into growing my business and finding new qualified buyers. So that's why I love marketing and sales. They're, they're not the same thing, but they tie together. So uh, the reason why my closing ratio was always so high was because I was in front of those qualified buyers. I love this. And it's, it's very um, ironic timing. Uh, we just did this in our business. Um, I was taking a look at our marketing and analyzing some of the data and which I always recommend as business owners, you do take the time to look at that data and really see what's coming in and talk to your admins, see what type of, you know, leads are coming through and what they're really looking for. We had found out that our driveways and patio services were really people that were not qualified leads for us. They were people that were just looking for those services. And unfortunately for us, those leads are not exactly the qualified leads we're looking for. So we actually went ahead and removed that from the campaign. And exactly like you said, we were doing a ton of leads beforehand, right? My husband was going out and he's still our salesperson right now. So he was going from estimate to estimate and close ratios were not there. Now that we've actually removed those options from the campaign, we've seen a lot higher qualified leads, less mm -hmm. estimates that he's running, of course, but we're closing at a much higher rate. So 
just by taking a look at the marketing and analyzing exactly kind of what is working and where your clients really lie and the clientele that you're looking to work with, you can be able to make these exact adjustments that Ryan's talking about very quickly with your marketing team. It, it happened, you know, we've been doing our marketing for about on AdWords for about six years. So for us, it was a very quick, simple change and adjusting of some budgets. And we pretty much saw the transition within, you know, 48 hours. We were able to see the results of what we were asking for. But it's it sounds it always sounds so complicated to people, but it doesn't have to be. So now that we've kind of talked about the qualifying side of it and really focusing on those individuals, what is your process when you do get in front of that right individual? When you do get in front of that customer that does want the services you're looking for, as you mentioned, how do you walk them through that sales process? So there's a few different steps and, and it all starts with way before you even show up. Uh, it starts with your mindset, which I know we hear that so much as we start working on our businesses, we read books and it's like, yada, yada, yada mindset. But like we could just, if you could master mindset, we could like, this other stuff doesn't even matter. And so I, I tell everyone, it doesn't really matter what service you're selling, but if you can convince yourself, I don't care if you have to brainwash yourself, go see a hypnotist, whatever it is, literally brainwash yourself that what your, whatever your service is, they need, right? Cause a lot of us are like, well, they want, uh, gutter cleaning. They want window cleaning. They want landscape lighting, but it's a need. Like if you, if you can convince that they need your product and service, they need your service from you and they need your service from you today. There's really no reason why you're not going to close every single cell because you're convinced of that. And there's only a few options when, when you show up to that house, they're either going to say yes, they're going to say no, or they're going to call the police because you won't leave their house. And <laughs> because you're so convinced that they need your service from you today if you if you're convinced that they need your service but not necessarily from you or today then you're going to let them think about it you know they're, you're going to let them have their objections and everything else or maybe you're, you're convinced that they need it from you but maybe not today you know maybe it can wait a week maybe it can wait a month again you're not you're not convinced so how, how are you going to convince them so number one it starts with being convinced that they need your service from you today that's a great great advice. And I hope everyone heard that and really took that in because it, it doesn't, you're right. It doesn't really matter what happens after that point. It's, it is about the mindset going into it. If, if one day you're feeling defeated and it's not the greatest day, there's a really high probability the sales goals are not going to be met that day. I mean, mindset does play a lot into that. Um, and as humans, we, for, we tend to forget that our minds can really take control of us in a lot of areas of our life. And we like to think that we have full control in business sometimes, but we all know that's not true. <laughs> and sometimes it's actually our mind that is causing those roadblocks and causing us to kind of make these adjustments and not necessarily hit the, the you know goals and markers we're looking for. Um, I do like this, so I don't really wanna move too, too fast off a of mindset. We don't get to talk about this too often. Um, is there any recommendations you have for mindset? Any recommend any kind of like ways you get into your Zen zone before you kind of <laughs> into the sales Maybe. process? Every, everyone's different, but you could, you could listen to your favorite song, get pumped up in the car or whatever, but it literally does start with that because if you're convinced that they need your service from you today, then you're convinced that you're a guide, you're a helper, you're an advisor. Like I've never sold anyone anything because I'm not selling them anything. I'm not showing up like trying to sell them something that they didn't already want. I'm just helping them get what they already want. And I'm literally convinced of this to the point where my analogy is if, if your grandma was dying and needed oxygen 
and you showed up to her house and it was like, grandma, you need the oxygen. She's like, you know what? I want to think about it. You know, we, well, we got to talk about, it. we're getting other bids on oxygen. You wouldn't say like, okay, no worries. Uh, you know, I'll follow up with you next week or whatever. Like you would convince your grandma that she needed oxygen. <laughs> Absolutely. So, like don't let your grandma die. Like show up to these people's houses and give them what they already want. You're just helping them, right? You're an advisor. You're not selling them anything. So that's all I do to get in my mindset is like, just think of my grandma. Like, I don't want to let her die, you know? Oh, that's such a great way to look at it, too, because it really it hits you in the feels really quick. You definitely don't want grandma dying. That's not oh. what we want. We can't have Ryan's grandma going down. <laughs> so and then after the mindset, I mean, the steps that I use are one, you know, everyone wants to know the price. Uh, all, all of our customers, they, they want to know the price. And for some reason, I don't know if it was a book we all read when we were born or something like that, but we all want to hold that back until we build enough value. Well, I actually just tell them the price up front. And I actually tell them a price way higher than what it's going to be so that they can start it can start to marinate and it really starts to soak in. And so they're going to have sticker shock at some point. I mean, most people in even in industry where if you're selling a two hundred dollar service, most people are like, oh, I thought it would be a hundred or whatever it is. So tell them a price that's bigger than what you think it's going to be up front. Let it marinate. Let them talk about it while you're putting your proposal together. And then when you go in with a price lower than what you already told them, instead of sticker shock, they have price relief and it's just a much easier and, and softer experience. That's wonderful. So do you, I, mm. I, I know people will ask, do you approach that as a, well, this is what I would, you know, I'd estimate this would look for prior to look, look like I should say prior to really doing the full detailed estimate. Is that kind of how you approach that conversation? Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of different industries, you know, listening, watching and stuff on here. So it kind of does depend, but most of us know in our own industry, kind of what an average job is, what a minimum is. So just state your minimum and your average on your pre-qualification call. And then when you get to the property, you can make an adjustment and be like, wow, okay, this is, this is not an average job. And I, and I just tell people that like, just so you know, on the phone, we told you an average landscape lighting job was eight to $10,000. This is not an average property. You guys have a badass estate. There's, mm -hmm. there's no reason you can't give them a compliment and tell them this is more like a $30,000 job. And then again, they're going to throw up and, you know, have these weird exercises that they go through, but you're going to get that over with now instead of at the very end after you've spent an hour with them. Right. And so now you have time to overcome their objections throughout the, the sales appointment. Absolutely. I love that. You're kind of, you're, you're getting straight to the point, right? And we're allowing our value to relax them versus having the value up front and then hitting them with the sticker shock and then just leaving them saying, Hey, thanks so much. Have a great day. And we'll follow up with you tomorrow. <laughs> and when a lot of people are afraid to even close the deal on the spot, they're afraid to even give the price on the spot because there's mm -hmm. all these variables. And so I'd recommend building a better system where you can be more efficient with giving them the price because some people are like, they still don't even give the price at the very end. And, the, and then they leave the poor customer to, to be waiting for some email that might show up the next day. It might be two weeks. And it's a very, it's just a bad process because Great. now you have people that are, are waiting for the one thing that they wanted to know, like how much is it? Exactly. And now they're sitting in limbo and getting frustrated and anxiety ridden. And now we're creating a poor customer experience, unfortunately. Right. So I absolutely love chatting with you. I'm glad we got to talk a little bit about mindset. I have a feeling my homework will be along the lines of mindset. So nice. thank you so much, Brian. And I'm actually going to pass you off to Megan so you all can talk some finances. Oh, great. Thanks, Tay. <laughs> <laughs>
great. Oh, great. Okay, so you're like the kind of guy that your reputation precedes you. By the time I'd met you at The Huge, like 12 people had quoted me to you. And they they were like in awe. You had developed this unicorn that they thought didn't exist. And, and so if you're a listener to Fight Club, I feel like I just, I'd do it injustice if we had Brian on the show and I didn't share like the unicorn that, that he has created. Gosh, oh, no. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. You can correct me. I'm doing it in front of you instead of behind your back like I usually do. It's great. So um, <laughs> this is what my friends were saying before I got to meet Ryan Lee. They were saying, this guy has shown us how we can make like $7,000 a day with two people and no equipment. And our team loves it. And the hardest part about their job is they have to dig a ditch or a trench. That's it. And then we can make $7,000 a day with two people. And I was like, what? Who is this guy? And they're like, <laughs> and the margin cost is like only this percentage. Okay. That should have been my warning number one. These people that never talk about numbers were talking about their margin costs. And they were talking about their daily sales goals. They were talking about their production rate. They were talking about profitability. They were talking about their income potential. And the numbers were insanely sexy. And I'm talking in past tense because uh, I didn't know you then. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another, another coach, <laughs> you know, exactly. another snake oil salesman. Here we go. <laughs> and then I met you and you're like the real deal. And you said profit first in like the first three minutes of me meeting you. And I was like, oh, we're going to be friends. We're going to get along <laughs> just fine. We're going to get along just fine. So can we tell your version of the story of what do you, what do you help people sell? Like what, what is this unicorn of a service that we've never heard of where we can have crazy high profitable days and we don't have to invest a lot in equipment and our teams are going to like doing it? Well, I'm going to get in trouble here because everyone who's already in the landscape lighting industry is like, Ryan, shut up. Do not say anything right now because they're not going to want everyone in. But I'm telling you, like, and obviously I have a biased opinion because my last 15 years of my life has been dedicated to this. But there is an industry called landscape lighting. And it's awesome because one, not a lot of people do know about it. I mean, I actually got my start in window cleaning. And I won't get into that whole story, but it was kind of like, where can I find a squeegee and a scrubber? You know, like it's, it's fairly easy business to start. So it becomes fairly saturated landscape lighting. People hear lighting, they hear electrical and they're like, man, can I even do this? But the nice thing about it is it's low voltage. It's actually way safer than Christmas lights. And everyone gets into Christmas lights, not even <laughs> knowing the dangers and the pitfalls and stuff. And then they're like, oh, I don't know if I can do landscape lighting. I'm like, what is going on? Like, Landscape lighting is easier than Christmas lights. So, yeah, it's just an awesome industry because it's so rewarding uh, when you do when you light someone's house, you light their backyard. I mean, it, it literally and like I told you, I'm convinced that they need lighting for me today. Like that's a true statement. It changes their life. It not just helps with the security of the property. Doesn't have it's not just more safer for steps and walkways. But literally, I mean, we talk about mental health. That that term really didn't exist until the last, you know, three to five years, it, it improves their mental health. Like you, you show up, I drive, I pull up to my house. If I come home at night and it's lit up like the Taj Mahal, I instantly feel better about myself. I'm like, man, I live in a freaking palace. Like I live at a resort. I don't need to go on vacation. I'm going home. Like it really transforms the space. So it's, it's so rewarding. I've had so many clients that I've built relationships with because they're so grateful 
that they gave us $20,000 to do their lighting. I'm like, what is going on? This is crazy. So it's just a fun industry to be in. It's a super fun industry. And it's a shame that we talked about sales. No, it's not. We love talking about sales. And that was really good. <laughs> but those before and after pictures are like the best crack marketing possible. I mean, when you show somebody's house at night and then you've lit it up and it's the same house, it's just amazing. It sells itself. Okay. So talk to me about these numbers because, you know, rumors are rumors, but what, what can, what can we do in landscape lighting? Like what, what's an average hourly rate look like? What's an average day look like? And you can give us like, you know, your students that are still figuring it out, like what's their range. And then you're like a players, your top overachievers or yourself. What does that range look like? Gotcha. So yeah, just some like general numbers, like, you know, a minimum job is 2,500 bucks. Um, that would give someone like a, would, an install would be about 10 lights. Um, you can get do those 10, like two guys can do 10 lights again, day one, it's going to take them like two days because they're, they're learning and stuff like that. But you get that crew growing, they could easily do two of those in a day. Um, it's going to be harder to sell those two jobs and install them. I mean, it's super easy to install. Um, where the bread and butter is, is if you can get to like um, an average, our average job is, is uh, eight was, well, my average job was 7,500 bucks. And um, when, when people would ask me like, what's your average job? I used to tell them 20 grand because I, I literally <laughs> thought it was because I only remembered the big jobs and I had my office. I'm like, Hey, what is our average job? Like pull a report. And she pulls it up and it was 7,500. I'm like, no, do it again. It must be wrong. And uh, it was right. And it, we did a ton of like $3,500 jobs and stuff like that, that I was like, I didn't even know about, you know, it's like, who cares about a 10 light job? I was just, I, I, I remembered the job that we did that was 150,000. Like we always did like a hundred thousand dollar job a year. We had a ton of twenties, a ton of fifties. And those were, those were the sexy ones. Right. Uh, but we also did a lot of those smaller jobs, which helps you stay busy, helps you get your next referral and everything else. So um, even though I had a defined customer I was going for, I kind of had multiple client avatars that I could speak to and sell to. Love it. And yeah, in case dancing out there, literally <laughs> dancing. Um, I love it. So the, the thing that I just have to reiterate that you've said is that you, well, first of all, I didn't know you started as a window cleaner. I think that's amazing. But Ooh. you're saying that you can do $7,500 in one day with two people. And the only equipment is like a shovel. Yeah. I mean, as you get more advanced, you, you can buy more equipment. Like when I, but when I started, that's, I mean, I didn't have any money. I didn't have anything. So I got a flat spade shovel and a screw. I mean, you need a screwdriver. You, you would need a voltmeter. So you might have to spend a few hundred bucks, you know, but yeah, when I got started, a really um, fancy I, screwdriver, Ryan, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the point of entry is very low. And that's what I'm trying to say here is, is yeah. if you're, if you're listening to this and you're frustrated and you're like, I barely making, you know, $200 a day or $400 a day or $1,200 a day. And I can't seem to pay my bills and I can't seem to pay my people. I, Brian and I will both tell you, you know, you probably have a problem keeping control of your expenses, but also you're fighting in a less profitable industry, a less profitable business model. Your opportunity to earn significant income is going to be a lot harder. <laughs> and that's what I find so sexy about landscape lighting. I mean, plus it, it's really pretty and it's, it, you know, it sells itself. It's, it's really, really cool. Um, okay. That, that was helpful. And 
I hope that you heard that. I hope that if you have a current offering, like now all my friends, so we joke, it was like Lance, no, it was, uh, Christmas, Christmas lights was the service of like four years ago. And then it was uh, garage floor coatings. And now it's landscape lightings. I would recommend skipping all those other things. Like you said, they're dangerous. I'm just going straight to landscape lighting. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you found now that you've sold your business? What What's your role now? Like you as the advisor, you as the guide, how do you spend your days now? Well, it, that's a good question. And I'll, I'll kind of answer it and tie in the financial side of it. So when I started my business, you know, I, I've always been just natural. Like one of my gifts is like the sales and marketing and people and pricing. Like, well, it wasn't pricing. It's just I'm, I'm good with people. Right. So naturally that kind of converts in, good into sales. But I didn't know, like, I actually have a marketing degree. I have an MBA. I still didn't know how to run a business. They, they didn't say, hey, when you start a business, here's the steps, right? And so I, I started just like everybody else. And I thought I was doing okay. But when I did my hourly rate, you know, okay, I was making 100 grand. I was paying myself 100 grand. But I was working insane hours to the point of like, okay, am I getting divorced? Or are we going through counseling? Like, it was rough, you know? Like, we, we were having, we're popping out kids. I've got four kids. My wife's trying to, to raise them and raise me. And <laughs> so I do the math. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, is this, is this what I want in life? Like, I'm not making that much money. I should just quit this because I'm obviously not good at, at what I'm doing and just go get a job because my job before I was getting paid a hundred grand, but I was home at five. Like I was done and I was, my wife still liked me and like, <laughs> good, you know, and so the, the, thing that I realized, and this changed my life was, and it sounds so simple, was I wasn't making enough money. Like it was not make, I, I was profitable, but not really. Right. Because if I was paying myself what I should, if like, if I were to hire my replacement, they would never work those hours. Right. For that kind of money. And so I literally started working on my business. I, I literally raised my price. And so what I do now is I help people fix all the mistakes that I did wrong. So I help people not fall into these traps and I help people do all the things that I did wrong and it's not rocket science, but I, again, it, apparently it is because I screwed up on all these, on all these things and people today are still doing it. So, um, the first thing I help people with is their pricing. Um, everybody sells out of their own wallet. They all think people aren't going to pay what, what they need to charge. They might run an analysis on their business and be like, man, I'd have to charge X amount of dollars if I was going to make that kind of money. It's like, yeah, exactly. Do it. But most people don't mm -hmm. because they think people won't pay. So this book is like my favorite book. I literally keep it on my desk because I mean, it, your pricing it has nothing to do with your service or what other people in your industry are charging. It has to do with you and your business and how mm -hmm. much you want to work and how much you want to make. Like everybody's answer is different. I, I love that. I wish we could talk about that more and more and more. Um, well, the one here's how oh, I start my program. Hang on, I'm gonna interrupt real quick. Yeah, I think this all ties back to what Ryan and I talked about is mindset, right? I mean, we're we're even tying this into the finances right now. Like, if you have that mindset that's restricting you and not allowing you to really open yourself to what you want and what you want as an owner and running your business, how are you going to be able to do that for your employees? Right. Yeah. Well, so here's what I do when I here's why people like me, Megan. I'm going to tell the secret right now. I have my own ideas, but keep going. Let's hear. This is, this has to be the reason there's, there's okay. a lot of reasons to not like me, but this is the reason. Like <laughs> I help. I, I literally help people get that confidence and that mindset to raise their price. And that's it. 
Like, I mean, I do a lot of other stuff after that, but the first thing is the price because let's say we're selling landscape lighting and like other services, it's by the window, by the pane, by the foot, whatever. If we, if we go by the light and you're selling lights for $225 a light, and if I can help someone just raise their price by 50 bucks a light, okay, they don't make any other change in their business. They don't have to hire anyone. Heck, they don't even have to hire me. Like if you're listening, watching, you don't even have to hire me. Just do that. <laughs> just raise, raise your price. price by $50. $50. That's all you got to do. An average lighting company, which is not like tiny, which is not large, just an average lighting company over the span of a year installs a thousand lights. So if you raise your price by $50, it's $50,000. Like anything I charge below that is a good deal, you know? So it's, it's real easy to uh, gain traction in your business if you just raise your price. And it's the easiest thing to do. You don't have to learn how to be a good manager. You don't even have to have awesome systems yet. You literally just raise your price, you know? And so it's the easiest way to have a huge impact on your business. Now, it's not going to solve all the problems. You still have to work on those things, but it's an easy way to afford to work on those things, you know? So, uh, our and good friend, Ellen Rohr, who wrote, uh, how much should I charge says, if you don't know how much you should raise your prices, she says, just triple it. And then I'll buy you <laughs> figure it out later. And awesome. I always love that because it's true. Like you just triple it, whatever it is now, just triple it. And that will buy you time to figure it out later. Um, and, and then what I like Ryan and where we're going to end, and this is not a sales pitch for Ryan's coaching program. Although I do highly recommend it is somehow <laughs> you have figured out how to get people that are terrified of money and are embarrassed by not having profitable businesses. You've gotten them talking about pricing, talking about profitability, talking about per light pricing, talking about labor rate. These are things that are incredibly difficult to calculate for some people because we overcomplicate it and to talk about publicly. And I love that about you is you've got everybody talking about labor rate. You mm -hmm. should have a pretty sexy labor rate. Like it's possible. You can do that in your industry. You can do that in your business. You should know what your pricing structure is. And then you need to go fix your mindset so that you can sell it. I like that Ryan says he doesn't sell anything. I say the same. I say, I just present opportunities, right? That's, that's my job is I put opportunities in front of people of things they need. And, uh, yeah, this, this was awesome. Uh, we didn't talk about profit first. <laughs> is a shame but we'll just have to have a continuation conversation about that i'm gonna pass you to michelle and she's gonna talk to you about all the systems that make systems things. well we got we touched on mindset in both of those segments so i want to keep the train moving on mindset with systems because i think that's really the biggest gap that i see with people putting systems in their business is their mindset. They don't understand how to let go, let go. And my favorite thing to say to all of our team members is just continue to delegate. Let the, let the system tell you what it needs next, right? Just delegate, delegate, delegate. What have you seen work well with some of your students um, in terms of systems? And, and how would a student, and I've got two questions, and then how would a student who has either a window washing or an exterior cleaning company Kind of bring this offering alongside their current business how do you strategize to debt to add that offering um, okay outside lights please so um i guess yeah delegating and that this is literally one of the hardest things of of growing a business we all know this because it's yeah. our baby it's our thing no one can do it better than us and even if yeah. we're not good at it we're still somehow <laughs> better than everybody else right yeah uh, but um yeah if they if they can let go so i guess I don't know what to answer your question. The first, the first hire that I recommend besides a technician 
So whatever mm -hmm. business we're talking about, a technician's nice because then it gets you out of the field to be able to work on the business and be a business owner. You know, you take the McDonald's example, the owner's not in there flipping burgers as the technician. They, they get out of that. Um, the, after the technician, the first hire for me is someone to answer the phones, someone yeah. to, to do that because I used to, I had a lady call me one time. Uh, well, I had a lot, this happened a lot of times, but most people, when I'd call back and if I missed it, I would call them back and they would either never answer or I'd get a hold of them. And I, I just didn't really think it was a problem. But I had a lady, I, I, she, I called her back and she said, oh, it, you know what? We're good. We got a hold of somebody else. I'm like, right. But I could still come out and give you a quote. She's like, no, we're, you didn't answer your phone. Like, we're really looking for someone else. And I'm like, Holy cow. like she literally would not meet with me. And at the time, our average job was five grand. I was like, dude, I just lost five grand. And then I started doing the math of like, okay, actually, there was quite a few people that I never got a hold of. And mm -hmm. it was quickly a hundred grand. And I'm like, okay. And I was so afraid to spend 40 or 50 grand to hire someone to answer the phones. I mean, that was transformational for me. I was like, okay, I'm hiring someone. I don't care if the only thing they do is answer the phones. And we didn't have 40 hours worth of work. I, I mean, I, at least I didn't know about, I thought I only had like <laughs> calls a day and a couple other things to do when in reality we had like 80 hours of work that needed to get done. Right. So yeah. that, that was huge for me to realize that, okay, I do need to delegate. I do need to let go of a lot of my responsibilities. I love it. Are you seeing any systems that you like out there that some of your students are deploying to be able to delegate like a Trello or Slack or any other tools click up any, any other technology that you're seeing work out there for, for helping people do that? I mean, some of the ones you mentioned, you know, mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know about tools. I think it's just them taking the step to do that. Like I've got a lot of clients that for years, they've just been on their own for years and they finally mm -hmm. hired their first installer. They finally hired their first office person. They finally hired, like I've got people hiring salespeople now, like it's super Yay. exciting. And they're getting their second, their second crew up and like that type of stuff I see. So it tells me that they're, they're working on those things in terms of actual technology. I, I don't know of any specific examples other than like the Trello and the slacks and stuff like that. So bringing this offering alongside their existing business, how are you seeing folks do that successfully? So this is why this is awesome. So um, I only work with people who having an existing business and okay. one, one of the secrets to my success is that like, I'm not trying to teach people how to start their first business. If someone wants, if someone wants me to answer some questions and kind of give them some mentorship, that's fine. But for my coaching program, one of my secrets is to help people who already have huge potential. Like if they mm -hmm. already have a business, they're just struggling. It doesn't mean that they suck. I mean, we all are always improving, right? And so I find them and I go, wow, this person is like golden. And if they, if you already have a client list, you've done the hardest part. Like people already know you, they like you, they trust you. So all you need to do is send them an email, a letter and a phone call saying, you know what? We just started this exciting new landscape lighting service. And we want to come and give a free demo for you or a free estimate. And because you're a valued customer, we're also going to give you $300 off or whatever it is. And it's so easy. These people get not only leads, but jobs right out of the gate. Um, and then, then there's some systems to follow up and, and, and to, to get more business out of that. But that's the, that's the easy part. Like if you already have an existing client base and you want to add a new division, I mean, we're talking about landscape lighting, but it doesn't really mm -hmm. even matter if you want to add any division. It's yeah. so easy to do because you already have that, that base that, that trusts you. And most of us do a really poor job 
of maintaining that relationship and staying in front of people. So don't lead. It doesn't have to lead with like, Hey, uh, buy now it's only $2,000, mm -hmm. whatever. Like just start getting in touch with those people and start reminding them that you exist. And when you do decide to launch, make it like, make it sexy and be like, guys, we're having a new exciting service. It's launching in three months. Yeah. Don't say what it is yet <laughs> and just start building the hype before you do it. And yeah. that's been really successful for, for people adding a new service. I love that. And I don't know if anybody noticed besides me, but when you said we call, we email and we send a letter, that is an actual system of communicating to your customers. So you, that was the system that you built right there just to tell them about this brand new service and get them hyped up. So I love that. Ryan, I'm going to keep it short and sweet so that we can talk about the most important part, which is uh, Martha's segment about the people who make all of this possible. So I'm going to pass you along to her. Thanks so much. Hey Ryan, so I'm not I'm not sure. Kind of tell me about your demographics of the people that you work with. Are most owner operators, or are they hiring people and and they really don't have to go out and do the work anymore? I'm sure you have a mixture, but yeah, we we have a mix, uh, but the majority are owner operators. Okay. Uh, I've, I've really only got a handful that are now like to that status of owner where they have a salesperson, they've got install team, they've got office staff. Uh, most are owner operators what their, their goal is to get out of the business. Um, and you know, like I said, some have like maybe one or two technicians. Some might have someone that answers the phones, but usually they're doing anywhere from, uh, well, startup. Like I've got a lot of guys that do Christmas lights that are looking uh -huh. for to keep their crew busy during the year. Yeah. So they have to do that rehire. So they've yeah. done, I've got people that have never installed a landscape light in their life to mm -hmm. people that are doing my top client does a little over 2 million a year. Yeah. Uh, so, but the majority are right in that pocket of like two to 500 grand. Okay. All right. Well, um, then, because I was wanting to see if, how much you had to work with people on, because <laughs> it's definitely a mindset about hiring hiring particularly field staff um i was kind of arguing with a lady yesterday who had the mindset that the oh my gosh it's so terrible and you don't know my market and mm. there's nobody to hire and i have to keep people because who cares if they suck you know blah 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 blah, blah. i can't I can't afford to lose them. And I'm just like, Oh, the hamster wheel. It's just, it's, um, but since you don't have to deal with that too, too much with your people, um, I, when you were talking your own mindset, no, I thought we do though, oh, Martha, because I'm, yeah, because just cause they're at that 500 grand owner operator, like, my goal is not just to help them make 50 grand. Uh, yeah. Like my goal is to help them go from operator to owner. And that's kind of like my mission statement is like, Hey, I okay. hope you, I help you double your profit so you can, you know, gain freedom from your business, you know, right. And that that's the goal. So we, th these, this topic comes up a lot because everybody okay. struggles with it. Um, and I don't know that I have all the answers. So I was kind of hoping that you were going to give us those answers. <laughs> Oh, they're so clear in me. Uh, but no, it it is truly, it is, it's kind of an epidemic right now. It's more, uh, 
prevalent than ever. And I get it. And this is the only time that I regret not having a service business because the lady that I was talking to yesterday, and um, I mean, I was giving her some tough love and she was, you know, I just like, I haven't had my service business since December of 21. So not that long. And, you know, she kind of made the statement that you don't know how bad it is. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, and um, you're right. It's just you, you know, and uh, but anyway, it it really I think that that mindset is worse than ever right now because the conditions are right. You know, the conditions are right for people to shift in the victim mentality when it comes to hiring right now versus proactive. There's still people out there that want jobs. And it. I will absolutely agree that it's a one of the worst times for hiring. I will absolutely agree. But I also say there's still good people out there. And that's the thing, you know, honestly, it's the, it's the best people who are out actively seeking jobs because the other, you know, the others have fallen into the whole pandemic and, you know, whatever. So not to get political, we're not getting political, but uh, yeah, it's, well, I mean, I, I empathize with the, the person you were talking to because I was I've been there like yeah, I, I, I said the same things of like, I mean, I had employees that I kept for, I mean, months, probably years that I knew should be gone. But yeah. it was like, well, if I let them go, who's going to do the work? I'm, I'm not I'm not going to install a light like I, I'm I'm already I'm out of that. Right. Yeah. And so you, that's that's normal, I think, to think like that. It is. But then when you experience the other where you like hold yourself accountable and hold them accountable, which is so hard to do, it's always Mm -hmm. easy to say and harder to do. But when you do that and you work on your culture and all these other things that I'm sure you talk about, um, it makes it easier, you know, and it makes it easier to attract those high quality people. And where you'll find your recruiting happening happening is within. It's your team members that have a friend, a family member. And they want them to, they're like, man, this is like a really good opportunity. You know, it sounds like a, this really small business. If we do lighting, like what's lighting? Like who, I don't know, but <laughs> great. It's a yeah. great environment. You know, they always pay, they always pay on time. Uh, yeah. My last job, you know, the guy said he would pay me and then it was weeks and everything else. So whatever it is, like if you can do that and you, your recruiting machine can start from within, that's, that's the best way to do it. But you have to be willing to hold people accountable. Um, and it, this is hard advice to, to follow where I've heard people say fire fast, hire slow. Um, I, I always did the opposite. You know, I would do like, I would, I would wait like two years to fire someone and then hire someone after like they showed up for the interview. I'm like, yeah, can you start tomorrow? Um, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. We have all learned. I mean, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if I hadn't sucked so much in the early days and been like, what's wrong? And, you know, it was, it was me. And uh, anyway, but, you know, I will close with, for those of you listening, um, I'm going to ask you all, who has held on to an employee too long 
and avoided firing them for whatever reason. Usually it's, I, I need the body, you know, I need somebody to fill this position. And then you let them go. And what I'm, my, my question is, how many of you felt a huge sense of relief when you let them go? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that you have to do that a few times, I think, to kind of be able to jump in the water because it's, um, you don't know that euphoria until you do it and, and experience it. And so for, for any of you out there listening who have that toxic employee and you know, they're toxic and it can be for any reason, you know, it can be for attitude or they continue to break policies, but you don't let them go. There's you're toxic, but they're toxic too. Um, whatever the reason, when you let that person go, yes, you have a hole to fill, but it's not a, and it's not like a hundred percent whole because you have shed a lot of the problems that that person was causing you. And honestly, you don't even know it, but you probably saved a few people leaving you because they had had it with that employee and that you were hanging on to. So be brave. I know it. I know it sucks. I do. And, uh, but I'm going to tell you that if they're a toxic employee, you will breathe a sigh of relief and you will look back and go, why did I wait so long? hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Paul has a question for us. Can yeah. we switch gears just a second? Yeah. Sorry about yeah. That, but uh, so Paul owns a cleaning business and uh, he loves talking sales. I think we should introduce Paul and Ryan. Um, mm -hmm. So Paul wants to know if you see benefits in a separate domain and phone number when launching a second service or a side service or an additional service in an existing service company. Yeah, I think it depends on like what the two different businesses are. But yeah, if it's a service, if it's like a cleaning business or window cleaning, and then you're trying to launch a landscape lighting side, Definitely, I think it needs a new domain, a new brand. Um, if you had something more generic, like, hey, I've got a lighting company and I do Christmas lighting and landscape lighting and event lighting, then that's fine. Just keep it generic. But I've, I've, I have even seen some people that are trying to keep their Christmas light brand and then offer landscape lighting. It can be done. It's just not going to be quite as effective as if you just you know isolated one brand, one lighting thing, and then you can offer multiple. So um, again, your, your existing clients, you, you might be fooled because you're like, well, I, I sent out a letter to my existing clients and they they bought landscape lighting from a cleaning company. But when you start to market that to the masses, they're, they're, it's not going to make any sense. Uh, so Paul likes to implement. He's an implementer. Yeah, so yeah, he is. So go ahead and uh, just look out exactly. for that next purchase of Ryan Lee coaching from uh, Paul August. Can you be yeah. I had to laugh out loud, literally. Yeah. Paul just... Puts the bullet in the gun and shoots it. He just goes. He goes. Fire. <laughs> I love it, dude. That's and awesome. 
Uh, and Paul, just a reminder, if you're going to add that new service, you're going to want to track those numbers because we don't want it to bleed over into the existing service. So that's my two cents about uh, doing that. Okay. I love it. Yeah, yeah let's connect, Paul. Yeah, here we go. That's awesome, oh, man. Boy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's one of the fastest action takers ever. So <laughs> I've, got, I've got rules to my program. Like I won't let everyone join. And that's one of the things like you have to have a business and you have to be willing to take action because my, my program is either going to be the best investment of your life or it's going to be the biggest waste of money. Like yep. There's really kind of only a couple options and I'm trying to not make it a waste of money. <laughs> right. Well, so we good. can vouch for Paul. That's oh, awesome, yeah. dude. Well, yeah, he already bought the domain, so. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's see. Now's the time that we go around and assign homework. And so, Ryan, um, you can assign homework or not, but I'm going to let Tay kind of tell our listeners about how we assign homework and what your responsibility is following up. Awesome. Thank you, Martha. Um, so as homework goes, just a reminder, we're about to give you four to five pieces of homework. So that is a lot to put on your plate for one week. We just ask that you choose one piece of homework, whichever section spoke to you. Choose mine. Choose <laughs> Ryan's. It sounds like Ryan's is going to be the winner this week. <laughs> can, we, can we do this? I don't know if you guys do this, but let's add we do this in the BBB. Let's let's have. Can we have your audience vote on the best homework idea? Ooh. Ooh. We have not done that yet. <laughs> oh dear! I, like I don't I like, like it. it. Then it will make you think. It will make you think, Megan. Come on, it's good yeah. for you. There you go. We can put a poll up in uh, our our Facebook group. That's what yeah. we'll do, Ryan. We'll put a poll up in the group, uh, which Tay was just getting to. Uh, we do offer an accountability group because we actually want you to take action. That's why we're saying only do one is we want you to move the needle forward. We are going to overwhelm you with great ideas of things that you could do to improve your business. But that actually doesn't matter if you do none of them. So choose one, get it done. And then next we come back and we'll give you another one. Uh, and our accountability group is where we hang out to help you with, do your homework. Uh, we can help mentor you and tutor you along. And we will have a poll in there uh, so that you can vote for your favorite homework assignment. <laughs> and you should definitely not vote for Ryan's. That's, you should vote for any of the other ones, but not Ryan's. <laughs> We're not competitive at all, Ryan. Not at all. No, I, I get it. Hey, I just saw you post a link. Will you post a different one instead? Because I Ryan Lee coaching is kind of correct, but landscapelightingseekers.com is better. Ooh, okay. They kind awesome. of take it to the same place, but I'm more proud of one than the other. <laughs> <laughs> we get that. Well, I'm going to go ahead and kick off homework. And as far as marketing goes, we talked a lot about marketing and sales combo. So it's kind of going to be a combo of the two homework. I want you to take a look at your close rate from your sales and take a look at the individual services specifically so what services are selling to your clients what services are not having as high of a close rate kind of what i did in our business this past month and evaluate if there's room to pull things out of your marketing campaign and really focus on what your clients are looking for in those campaigns so that way as we talked about we're actually bringing in higher quality leads now we're closing those at a higher rate and we're removing a lot of the leads that were just there and unfortunately being a waste of time for my husband who is our salesperson right now. So 
that is your homework on the marketing slash sales end. Um, so we're going to do a conversation about the rate by service offering and just be able to really make those adjustments immediately on the marketing campaign once you look at those numbers. I love that. Really um, I, yeah, I kind of want to yeah. steal it. So I'm going to just you can't piggyback. steal it. We're having a competition. You can't no, steal it. I can absolutely <laughs> steal it. I'm going to piggyback. Ooh. So no, listen, listen, you're gonna like it. So um, this is this is a little bit of higher level analysis, right? Like as business owners, we're lucky if we even know our conversion rate. So for Tay to be like, tell me your conversion rate by service offering. I, I love it. And I think it's important. So I think we should do it for at least a week. They should at least look back and be like, hey, if I offer, you know, window cleaning, gutter cleaning and pressure washing, what was my conversion rate by service? So we're going to do extra credit level. So that's Tay's homework. My extra credit is which one's more profitable? Like what is your rate labor rate by service? And I think that that's a really interesting thing about Ryan Lee's coaching and Ryan Lee's landscape lighting and about landscape lighting in general is we know that in a lawn care and maid service, you're hanging out at $50 per hour labor rate-ish as an average. We know window cleaners are hanging out at $75 to $100 per hour labor rate. We know gutter cleaners are hanging out at like $200 an hour labor rate. We know Christmas light people are hanging out at $350 per hour. I think Ryan just told us that he's hanging out at $500 an hour. So we don't know. We don't know what our current offerings are bringing us per dollar. Labor rate is something we don't talk about enough. Uh, so that's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to figure out your conversion rate by offering, according to Tay. And then I want you to go figure out what's your labor rate? How much money can you make per hour for each of the services that you currently offer? And it would be amazing if you had that data in front of you, how that might inform your decisions in the sales process and in your current offerings. Gosh, this is not good. I thought you guys were going to have bad homework. This is... <laughs> Oh, it's good. And your system's homework today is to be like Paul and take some massive imperfect action and go buy a domain name for the future business you're going to launch this year. Nice. Just go buy it. Come up with a cool name. Spend five minutes dreaming in the world of possibilities and just grab a domain name. They cost like five bucks. Like go buy five of them. Just go do that. So that's your system's homework is to be like Paul today. <laughs> um, okay. People homework. If you have a toxic employee, your homework is going to be to fire them. Oh, wow. And Whoa. Now, Whoa. Now, you've got to do it the proper way. If you have not been documenting like you should, you better get started doing that so that you protect yourself. But here's the thing. You're going to tell me, oh, I can't fire them. I need them. And I'm going to tell you that I know you have clients who are outside your service area and you probably shouldn't be traveling to. I know you have clients who cancel on you all the time and we're talking recurring service here, but uh, cancel on you all the time and you tolerate that. You need to let them go. I know you have clients that complain all the time and take a toll on your employees. You see where I'm going. You, you need to pumpkin plan those, those clients. And then guess what? 
letting that toxic employee go is not nearly as painful. And I mean, talk about a sigh of relief. You've cleaned up your client list and your employee. And so anyway, it's hard. I know it's hard, but it is very freeing. So it's big homework. That's awesome. Okay. I've got homework and it ties okay. into Martha's. It might even tie into everybody, but, um, I, but I do love Martha's just like go fire someone like that's <laughs> homework. So, uh, mine, I actually had one like that I was going to assign, but then after our conversations, it changed. So did you, did you guys know this? And Megan probably does cause she knows everything, right? <laughs> but did you know that you can raise your price by 10% and afford to lose at least you can afford to lose 20% of your client base and still make the exact same amount of money. And wow. so Martha said, you're going to fire someone. So now you can't service everybody anyway. So my homework is raise your price by 10% today and see what happens. And when you raise your price, let's just say the worst case scenario, like 20% of your clients drop off, which that's not going to happen. But if it did happen, that would be awesome because now you don't have to work Fridays. You know, it takes yeah. 20% of your week. So you get Fridays off. You can think of me while you're on the lake. and you <laughs> Right. But what's going to happen is you're going to actually just make more money and be like, crap, he was right. So that's my homework. Just raise your price by 10% and see what happens. Since you said I know that. everything, am I allowed to edit your homework? Oh, no. <laughs> no. You're, you're you said I know everything. Edit homework. Can it go higher? Can you just say a higher percentage? Because they'll listen to you and not me. 10% is like keeping up with inflation. I know. Listen, I start small baby steps. Mm, baby steps. I want to, they're going to end up tripling their price. Yes. But just 10% because most people are afraid to do the triple thing. And they're like, well, you don't know my market and yeah. <laughs> you know my customers and like they do all that stuff. So just like 10%, like if you have an excuse at 10% and then stop listening, retire, replace your fire yourself and go get a job somewhere. Like stop being an artist. I'm not going to inspire you. Give up. <laughs> Oh, Ryan. <laughs> Terrible. Michelle, I'm saying, Michelle there's your quote of the week. There's your quote of the week. There's your quote of the week. That's terrible. I'm not going to use that one. It, it's a tough love hour, Michelle. <laughs> it is. Listen, this oh. is what happens when I have to work before 10 a.m. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well Ryan, yeah. we already placed your websites in the uh, chat here on Facebook, but how can people get a hold of you for those who are listening in the future? Um, how can they get a hold of you? Best way to know how you can help their business. Yeah, that's it. Go to my website. You can actually schedule an appointment with me through there. Um, or just shoot me a friend request on Facebook and, and shoot me through Messenger. That's that's also a decent way. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. And we do have a quote of the week, which is uplifting and fun, I promise. Um, and it is from a gentleman named Danny Stone. And he said, change your language, change your mindset, change your actions, change your life. And I loved this episode. We've talked wow. about a lot of those things. So thank awesome. you so much for joining us, Ryan. We had a great time. And we can't see you. Can't wait to see you on the road somewhere at a show or at BBB somewhere. So good to see you. Thanks, you guys. This was awesome. Yeah. Really appreciate you all. <laughs> thank you. And don't forget Everybody. to vote. Don't forget to vote in the group. The oh, Facebook yeah. group. Oh, yeah. The voting oh, yeah. Vote for your favorite homework. Yeah. Ryan needs his validation of how this is his favorite episode. So please go vote. <laughs> Just don't vote for me, and I'll know awesome. it was the fa your favorite episode. That's right. <laughs> hey, everybody. Have a great day out there. Keep fighting. See you guys. Go fight. Bye. With Fight Club for Business.
Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.